Good morning, Wendy. Good morning, Joanne. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, who who is this guy sitting beside you? All right, TA Aaron Cho. <laughs> I'm back. You're back. Not with the same modeling this morning, but where where did you go, Aaron? <laughs> For all these years. I've been uh two years. I have a photo I have to uh send it to you guys afterwards. I've been operating in stealth mode. I'm graduated now. I'm done. So you're just stalking Wendy um, in her apartment right now? Uh, she invited me over for this podcast, actually. Oh, that's very nice of her. Maybe you can ask her why uh, why she invited me over. <laughs> so so you guys have been dating for how long now? Two, three, four, five months. Five months. Who's counting? Mm, yeah. You really needed help with school and sure. <laughs> she really needed help with the decision modeling, eh? <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, lovely to see both of you this morning. Um, as you may or may not know, as a courtesy, I let my guests ask a question to me first. I guess today I'll take two questions from each of you. Um, feel free to ask me anything. Mm -hmm. um so you've done over 10 episodes now right yeah um how does it feel do you are you still enjoying the process do you wish i you've you know done something different and to add to that what what is the purpose of this q and i just uh wendy briefly mentioned what you were doing all her podcast yeah what is the purpose of this what are your uh intentions so um first question i am still enjoying this even like the 10 episodes i i said that but it doesn't really feel like a milestone because i feel you know considering how many people in our cohort i still have a long way to go um i have been a little bit busy with both school and work for the last few weeks but thanks to matt that he's helping me editing some of the episodes and it's it's huge help otherwise i'll probably have a maybe a month gap in between dropping the last episode and the next one um but it's it's still it's still very fun i love it and the purpose of this aaron is as we are graduating as our cohort is graduating um we thought you know it's it's just cool to have a a little wrap up uh, as the last semester goes and uh, people can talk about what kind of values they're taking away from the program. And uh, yeah, you, you'll see as I ask questions. Sounds great. And then, um, so today I am going to make this more about Wendy than you, Aaron, since you've graduated already, you know, but you're still... Uh, a, a familiar name to us um people would love to hear from you but i think some of the questions i'll be more directing to wendy and some of the questions i'll direct to both of you i'm not offended i will admit i am deeply saddened i've been preparing <laughs> last oh, yeah. and, cool. and i thought i could provide some insight but of course you can and uh, i will provide Wendy support from the gym and I, I wish you two both the best of luck. I love a good success story. Two Chinese born Canadians yeah. making their way through life. I'm gonna No stay. 
You're just chatting? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm here. Please stay. stay. Yeah. <laughs> Please stay. <laughs> okay, sure. Now, first question, Wendy. Uh, what's your favorite burger place? Oh, that's a switch. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? I haven't been to a, a lot of pubs in Calgary to know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But in terms of fast food chain, I mm -hmm. really like A&W. Okay. I should have. I, I really should have said Wendy's. That's <laughs> <laughs> my name. Yeah. And they do have really good marketing. Like they're they like never frozen beef. It's you good, know. yeah. Because because my favorite fast food burger place is Wendy's. Oh really? <laughs> I I like the bacon eater so much. Again, I'm a little disappointed. I thought she would say the Palomino Steakhouse because that's where our first date was, where we shared a burger together. Oh, but that's not a burger place. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> cool. The next question, the classic one: Who are you? Oh, okay. So I I'm a lot of things. Um, I'm always the smallest person when I step into a room. I'm always <laughs> the smallest in the classroom. And um I I think I am observant rather than um the one to speak. So, you know, that's what I would describe who I am and yeah, I guess it's and another thing I noticed and then realized is that even though I'm from Vancouver, I've mm -hmm. spent most of my adult life in Alberta and um like I spent my undergrad at the U of A, so that's in Edmonton mm -hmm. and came here to Calgary for my internship and went back to Vancouver for three years. So really I've only spent three years in Vancouver and mm -hmm. back in Calgary, right? So mm -hmm. um yeah, it's it's really like you never know what happens in life and where life takes you. And mm -hmm. um yeah, I, I guess that's just like who I am. For sure. Yeah, it's interesting how you say you're always the smallest person in the room. I wonder have you ever felt bothered by that? No, I don't know. I think I'm just used to who I am. It's not that I yeah. can change, you know, how like in terms of, yeah, in, the, in terms of how you can only wear heels or not wear heels, right? And mm -hmm. um, whereas when someone wanted to, if someone wanted to change their body shape, they can work their best and work out and, you know, mm -hmm. routine and um, change up their diet and, and, exercises and and you know really you know make um make that happen but in terms mm -hmm. of like my height um I, you, I, I can't change that so yeah like make the best out of it <laughs> for sure yeah because you certainly don't seem to be bothered by it at all I've never noticed that and you've always you know walk with confidence you've got style too you like you you always appear to be just natural, just, you know, bold. I love it. She's a, a large woman in a little body. I mean, she commands the, the household. And <laughs> I see the, the way she talks to, you know, people at work, I just, uh, she, there's a lot in there, you know, don't, don't be fooled by her small demeanor. Yeah. 
I I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. I was fooled. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, um, next question, Wendy. Can you tell people one thing that most people don't know about you? Hmm. So, I was. Born- I mean, sorry. Except for your dating Aaron show now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I spent the first 10 years of my life in China. I was born in China and I like really, I didn't never knew that we would, you know, end up immigrating to um, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the 10 years of me being in China, um, my parents really like, you know, took me to a few extracurricular, um, you know, classes and I picked up um, Chinese calligraphy and Chinese painting and mm-hmm. so I've done competition there and won quite a few like um prizes um I have I haven't really been kind of following through mm-hmm. with um ever since I've moved um but and you you know I live in um a small studio in Telesky right now but yeah you know in the future when I do end up getting a house my mm-hmm. goal is to get those empty um, canvases and make um, paintings myself, like DIY paintings. Yeah. And like that can be just an art piece. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually, I'm sitting in my mom's uh, temporary bedroom right now because I, she started doing calligraphy and Chinese painting um, a, a few years ago. And I'm trying to to learn here and there as well. And I wish, I wish that I, um, I picked it up as a kid, um, but I didn't. Still not too late. Yeah, it's, okay. it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of line of art by itself. Yeah, but you, yeah. you have to use like a special brush. You know, mm-hmm. brush. Oh, yeah different way and yeah yeah um, it takes a lot of patience mm-hmm. but it's you know if you enjoy it it's like a good you know have or you know hobbit, hobbit. For sh- uh okay um oh well Aaron I feel there are a lot of things that our cohort don't know about you you're just a mystery you know a face on zoom for us for a, a few weekends um do you want to tell one thing that most people in the let's say like in your mba cohort or like in the mba school don't know about you is this a question who am i this I is not the question directed <laughs> <laughs> by benny chan jackie chan with jack chan michelle ferry also 1998 you can edit that out right okay <laughs> Yeah, what was it, what, what's one thing they don't know about me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like to think that I'm a fairly open book. Mm-hmm. We have quite a few of those in our cohort, so it's not a surprise, yeah. No, I'm not talking open book exam. I'm an open book. I'm easy to read. I know. <laughs> I want to make sure that we're on the same page. Yeah, we're on the same page. Um, I was, I, I was thinking about what to reveal to you guys and I thought it was interesting grade uh, in in high school I was a dropout in grade 11 so I was I stopped going to high school in that in that grade and then came back in grade 12 mm-hmm. 
people don't ever think of this because like after, when you get to the MBA, that level of education, we, we all think we're keeners and mm-hmm. you know, in a TA people are like, oh, wow, you know, Aaron's like a super keener nerd, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have our beginnings and we all have come from, you know, certain adversities. And um, I thought I'd share that with you guys because it's mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing. You never, you never really know. You can never know. You can ever tell with, uh, with people's, you know, just uh, the current achievements and current accomplishments. When you look at one person, you you, you can't just assume the past. Um, crazy. Can I ask why you were dropping out at grade eleven? It was just, it was just being a teenager being a stupid teenager that you know didn't listen to his parents uh, wanted to go and seek adventure and excitement you know mm-hmm. all of the above right so yeah good lesson to take away to teach your children but if you do fail as parents just know that they might come back you know and there's hope give me a call classic <laughs> okay <laughs> Your sales pitch. <laughs> Give me a call. Yeah, that's that's fun. So um both of you, what are some of your top core values? Wendy can go first. Good you all have notes? Put your phone down. <laughs> I, I had a note for this one. I, 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 let me go first. Let me go first. Okay. okay. Okay, because I was really thinking about what is my core value, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, should I go to my, what are my work's core values? And there's like curiosity, integrity, honesty, you know, all, all the ones that we've all heard of, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like what's, what really resonates with me, right? Mm-hmm. What's happening to me right now? I think, I think this is a value that we can all share and that we often forget to mention. So the Greek philosopher Theophratus once said, Time is the most valuable thing a man can spend. That's also why it's essential to realize that time is important and to make the most of every moment we have. I think that... Uh, can you say that again without reading that note you have? I'm just kidding. You don't have to. <laughs> the Greek philosopher Theophratus once said... No, stop it. <laughs> this is what I have to deal with every day. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually goes on to say this is one of the most powerful truths about the value of time. And mm-hmm. I think that one thing that we've uh, come to realize, right, and people who are married have a, you know, a, a partner or have a kid or have a part, like have a job while they're doing the MBA. Time is, you know, is we, I think we understate or undervalue time, right? Some of us get become really good and efficient at how we allocate our priorities. Mm-hmm. But as we get older, I'm realizing time is becoming harder. Like I'm getting older. I can't Mm -hmm. sleep six hours. Like I need eight hours. Mm -hmm. Um, And things are just going to become more and more hectic as our priorities shift. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You know, when my MBA experience, I think I mentioned to you guys, when I was TAing, I was taking full-time MBA, six courses, TA plus a full-time job. Mm -hmm. That was possible because I I understand that. Oh, sorry, Google. Let me just uh, let me just rephrase my, my paraphrase that statement. Um, I'm glad that I hope I hope the audience is understanding what I'm saying. Uh, I think I'm speaking in English. Uh, yeah, it's going to become more 
difficult to manage our time and mm -hmm. I think that's like one of my greatest values I just got totally thrown off of Google or Alexa whoever that was mm -hmm. yeah did you hear yeah, that absolutely I, I did I did <laughs> yeah, there. Um, at least uh at least the core will get a little chuckle okay the, the scarcity of time is definitely becoming more real I don't know I I think it probably did start with the MBA journey for, for me, you know, it's just all in a sudden, you know, full-time job plus house duties plus um, being a, being a student, even though we, like, I wasn't taking six courses per semester like you did. That's crazy. Still, it's prioritization becomes the most important task. Uh, and I also feel I probably learned letting go a little bit with that too, right? Because before that, I would be the one uh, afraid of saying no to any, you know, invitation to a social event or saying saying no to, to this and that. And for everything I do, I want to get down the meticulous detail, you know, perfection for, for everything, then it becomes impossible. Um, so in a way, it's a it's a good thing to feel that scarcity of, of time as well. Um, I, I absolutely agree with you. Very wise words. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Wendy? Okay. Well, what do you value most? Now you've memorized your notes with that five minutes that Aaron got you. Hey. I'm, I'm just a buffer. I just find I <laughs> I'm here. No, I, I just, um, I think... I value. Why are you looking at me? I'm not looking at you. Oh, okay. <laughs> she values me. I value drive and consistency in in a colleague. I would say mm -hmm. in, in a coworker, mm -hmm. um, in the workspace, it's really, you know, their their effort and you know the consistency of you know what they're doing mm -hmm. shows, um, you know, their work ethic. Mm -hmm. No, it just remind me of your occupation. I'm thinking, um, why did you decide to become a dietitian? Did I say it right? Dietitian, right? I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, honestly, I just was a foodie, and I just really liked food, and that was why I chose <laughs> to study nutrition and dietetics. Well, and and then when I in my first year, I really got to know, you know, like oh, for for you know there's that specialization and um, to, to really become a registered dietitian and mm -hmm. that specialization everybody wanted to get into. And, you know, like with that influence, um, mm -hmm. I just kind of went that way. And yeah, I didn't realize how science based mm -hmm. it would be. I had yeah. to go through like biology, chemistry, but also O-chem and physiology and mm -hmm. lots of, um, science-based courses that um that are closer to the medical field than, than yeah the exactly I found it a very niche discipline and and, and look at us you know uh, not not all Chinese born Canadians are made equal because Wendy and you know I'm a big foodie then I became a dietitian you know I'm a big foodie then I just got fat period <laughs> <laughs> um my next question to you is um, what was the biggest harvest for you 
for MBA. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's, yeah, like you said, like letting go. Like we learn so much in detail in every single subject, right? And then, you know, our employer or the next employer expects us as an MBA, like graduate to know everything. And that's not true. We're, we can't remember all the little details mm-hmm. of everything that we've learned. And, and that should be okay because um, we've done it once and we'll be able to do it again. And we, there's so many, we have connections now too, if we wanted to really um be an expert in something we could either go back to the textbook or we could you know seek um some kind of assistance from our colleagues in mm-hmm. you know or, or you know people like from through connections I think yeah you know this is something I've learned from from MBA for sure like learning about how to learn is part of that experience as well that's what I found um, for even, you know, looking at Aaron, that reminds me before the MBA, I was Excel. I, I was told again, not to use retarded Excel challenged. Illiterate. 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 Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know how to use Excel very well at all. Um, like little, little shortcuts or, you know, the functions, all the, the data analysis that Excel could do. I just never really got a chance to get close to it um let alone applying it to you know to to work or to to other projects in life too right and now um I'm so much better and uh even just when I don't know how to do something I know how to google and that to me is a a big value of course you can get that from some somewhere somewhere else as well it doesn't have to come from the MBA but that's part of the the value to me and um Aaron what was the biggest harvest for you from the MBA program now that you've graduated for how long now? A year? Pretty much? Uh, just over a year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just back from the exchange, what was that? August, September. So mm-hmm. you know, seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to also commend you on that. It's, it's a very important skill to acquire, whether it's the MBA or online education or your undergrad knowing how to find like you have a problem you're trying to get from a to b and you're searching the right question right so that's like a mm-hmm. really question programming so i don't know if i had any influence there but i if i did i'm hope I, i'm glad that i was able to bless you with some knowledge hallelujah um the main harvest takeaway for me i i, I don't know it's that's a really difficult question to answer mm-hmm. as wendy was talking about the networking component i think I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. There is a huge incentive knowing that you have a group of professionals that you can lean on mm-hmm. um, with varying degrees of expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there isn't a, there's no doubt that the MBA for me translated into an exceptional result. Like mm-hmm. being able to work at Metro Capital, pivoting from um, a science background. So it it's, it was definitely valuable and a valuable use of time for me. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly the takeaway was. Maybe my personal development or uh, I don't know how to answer that question. Well, I feel like the harvest would be a, a you know, a change in industry for both of you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I may still look at uh, changing to a different industry. I mentioned that to Aaron a little bit outside of this conversation. Um, 
yeah, it's a you know again by going back to thinking back to the conversation I had with Trevor. Now looking back, I, I know I didn't need the MBA to do the pivot to actually change to the to the new industry, but. Um, having the MBA does feel like a better leverage than what I had before. And a confidence booster. A yeah, confidence. absolutely. Yeah. And next, what was the biggest challenge for you? The biggest challenge for me, I think there was one semester that was quite heavy on quantitative courses. I mean, that semester we were TA'd by Aaron. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you came to class, that would have alleviated some of that stress. I, I, I did. I came yeah, to I, all the classes. I remember you. I remember you. But this this Wendy, I didn't even know she was part of your cohort until later. So I I went to class. I didn't. Just, I just didn't go to your uh, TA seminar. I was just not <laughs> good enough. Good enough to see live. I was recorded. Was yeah. was that our semester where we did accounting six hundred one two? I forgot already. The second semester, first year. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Oh, think- or or economics and this at the same time. No, I can't remember anymore. We've uh we've gone through so much. <laughs> but I do remember having like one semester that was quite heavy and mm-hmm. heavy. Like I'm not a person that's good with numbers um Mm -hmm. so I do like to thank everybody that's been a part of my uh, group projects (laughs) related to quant um because they did help out a lot um but I I I find that with people from healthcare Mm -hmm. because we're just so focused on like you know um peer-reviewed um Mm -hmm articles yeah writing papers and things mm-hmm. like that you know yeah. we're, we're never really using excel or yeah you know, numbers that in depth so but that's the that's the beauty of the group projects right i'm sure you're not the only one who is not great with numbers um, but like you said, you would have, you know, you're, 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 you have a stronger suit in probably literature review, writing um, instead. And uh, I always found the group projects we had were, you know, it's, it's a beautiful blend of people where you can mix everybody's strength. Somebody is better at playing with numbers and someone else is going to be better at putting the the report together, polishing the report, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's good. I don't think you need to feel bad. And I'm sure your group project members were having a good time working with you too. And and Aaron, what uh, was the biggest challenge for you? The numbers wasn't my problem. I was a quant was... What a surprise, yeah. (laughs) Um, But conversely, what was actually difficult for me was group projects and communication mm. um, i i found it i found it very early in the mba uh, experience that it was advantageous to select um to have a very focused group of people to work with in group projects because of how difficult it could be uh, working with people that you've never worked with before 
right? Mm-hmm. So when you're doing six courses, you really don't have time to kind of help. You don't have time. To- you don't have time to be patient. You don't have time. To- like it's all those things kind of go out the window. You just need to be as efficient as possible. Yeah. And in the cases where group projects were randomized, I mean, I think I've been lucky through my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always a challenge working with new people, new habits, you know, new perspectives. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was definitely communication, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole, I think, I think because we, like we're COVID MBAs, right? Depending mm-hmm. on when we started. Yeah. As much as I hated group presentations because they were performed on Zoom, mm-hmm. um, I got the same kind of experience and pressures that you'd get in front of a classroom. And as I enter the, you know, in venture capital, it's all communication from yeah. speaking with a speaking with a founder who's mm-hmm. having to listen and then having to relay that information to your to your partner, mm-hmm. right? And then also having to communicate back your what your, your the value that you add to. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all networking communication that's uh, I, I found the most challenging. Interesting. Um... You found that challenging as of like when you you speak of the presentation on Zoom. Is it like you don't like presentation or you don't like public speaking or you don't like presentation on Zoom? I don't like all the above, but the presentation on Zoom definitely an easier way, I thought, than Mm -hmm. presenting like a live audience. In a live audience, everyone, Mm -hmm. right? And you're... Mm -hmm. It, it can get a little nerve wracking. It's supposed on Zoom, you know, you can have post six. I've seen people with Macs that have like transparent sticky notes and, yeah. just, you know, look at, it looks like you're looking at the screen. So For you know, sure. Right. But maintaining yeah. eye contact and, and engaging with your audience is a mm-hmm. that you need yeah. to develop constantly. Yeah, constantly develop. And as you transform your uh, career to the VC world, are you getting better or are you starting to like somewhat love it a little bit it gets exhausting talking all the time Mm -hmm. it gets exhausting having to explain what you do and then listen and Mm -hmm. it's it's tiring but i'm getting used to it it's it it gets easier that's with anything in life right yeah it gets easier with practice for sure what was the most memorable a thing or moment or project for you oh it's this one i think i think for me as much as i love my cohort Mm -hmm. I just can't the 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 study abroad experience, you know, was was amazing. (laughs) I mean, I know that's gonna be hers because that's where she met me, but (laughs) um you know, if I had to go if I had to select something else aside from the exchange program, you don't you don't have to. Yeah, it was good. Actually, one of the most memorable experiences I had was OBHR. Thirty-one leadership, and it was a there was a there was a task that we had to do. We had to go speak. Um, we had to give like a motivational speech to our class for two minutes, and uh, it was the first time having to really public speak. First time out of COVID, and first mm-hmm. this thing probably five hundred times. Right, it's only two minutes. So you kind of rehearse and you're kind of memorizing. You can't read, right? Yeah, yeah. And I went up there, and I I remember delivering my speech but then also shaking mm-hmm. and I thought that was a it like it happens occasionally like you know depending on if I'm trying to memorize something or if I'm trying to uh, present something with emotion but I thought that mm-hmm. was memorable. I was like wow 
Like it's like I'm nervous, mm-hmm. but I, my brain is also working at the same time. So it was a very interesting experience. Yeah, because you you rehearsed that many times. Yeah. yeah, I've heard about you know rehearsing or memorizing every single word of a speech may not be the best approach for public speaking because it may make you your body more nervous because as you speak you're trying to like you're comparing with your memory and trying to to see if you're you know if you screwed up if you speak if you're speaking um one word wrong you you you'd be really really screwed right Um, yeah yeah. and and wendy besides the exchange it can be the exchange too it's fine (laughs) well yeah the exchange but also um the Mm -hmm. retreat was mm-hmm. amazing too yeah what did you love about it it was different um in the sense that it was like about mindfulness and trying to reconnect yourself with the nature and mm-hmm. yeah we had like yoga um every morning and self-reflection like writing journals and yeah solo time too and so at the end of the retreats I went back to my place and just like felt so like I felt that I was too high up I really wanted to like go to a park and like sit on the grass and yeah eat with the nature <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. it really was a changing mindset yeah but amazing because it's everybody everybody who went to the retreat had uh you know, great experience that I am really jealous of because I couldn't get in that class and I never will from now on. It's fine. I can't, I can't, I can go sit, uh, sit on the grass in the park by myself. It'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, last question. If you could be an animal, what would you be? She would be a little baby elephant. (laughs) I'm not asking you yet. <laughs> we know because we, yeah, there was, a, we had a, an exercise too in the Vienna exchange. So. Oh, did you? <laughs> the same question? <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be your answer? If you could be an animal, you want to be a little baby elephant? I, I would be an elephant, not a little baby. <laughs> not a little baby elephant, yeah. Why? Why would you want to be an elephant? Um... They are always in a group. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they value like you know being in a team and being like um, united, and um, they're not like a dangerous, like vicious kind of animal, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they also have great memory. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that. And and Aaron, what uh, what would you be? And I'll stick with my answer from Europe. It would be a little baby whale. No, I'm just kidding. Just a whale. whale. Yeah. Because a whale can go deep into the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. Mm-hmm. It's a different world. And you're all alone. <laughs> that went dark really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I love both of those animals. It's good. Good answers. With that, uh, we're going to wrap this episode up because Wendy has a meeting. Thank you both for appearing on the screen today. I don't know how this quality is going to turn out, but I'll try my best to do the editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm your host, Kuan. Today's guest. Today's guests. 
<laughs> was Wendy Lay and uh, Aaron Cho. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Helen. Thank you.